This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. President-elect Donald Trump continues to fill out his cabinet appointments, and they continue to have some people worried about the direction that he's taking. Recently, he nominated former Texas Governor Rick Perry for Energy Secretary, Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke for Secretary of the Interior, and Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt to head up the EPA. To discuss this appointment, we're joined here in studio by Eric Ortz, Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics here at the Wharton School, also Faculty Director of the Initial Initiative for Global Environmental leadership. And he's also author of the book, Business Persons, A Legal Theory of the Firm, now out in paperback from Oxford Press. Also joining us is Jody Freeman, professor of law at Harvard, also author of the book, Global Climate Change in U.S. Law. She's also founding director of the Harvard Law School Environmental Law and Policy Program. Eric, great to see you again. Nice to see you too. Thank you. Jody, great to have you joining us on the phone. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Eric, I'll start with you. Your reaction to, to some of these nomination bids. Well, uh, I suppose it's not really surprising that uh, Trump has been in line with his rhetoric during the campaign. So he said that he was going to target climate change. He said that he doesn't believe in the climate in the science of climate change, and he said that he was going to roll back EPA to almost nothing. He uh, so so the appointments are not surprising uh, in terms of the rhetoric. Uh, there were some. I think what one, uh, what the head of the Sierra Club called head fakes toward maybe a more moderate position in the sense of uh, uh, when Trump met with the New York Times, for example, he right. said, well, you know, there's some connectivity here between human behavior and climate. And then he met with Al Gore. But then the very next day, he has uh, appointed a series of, uh, uh, of, uh, of, of people who are pretty much against climate science. His transition team uh, has been described as a conspiracy of climate deniers. So we really are in a world where he is uh, he's trying to uh, he's trying to make good on what his uh, campaign promised. Jody? Well, I agree that um, there's been a little bit of head faking and sort of interesting uh, presentation of people who seem truly crazy and would do radical things, and then the presentation of these folks seems somehow somewhat more reasonable. Uh, but the one thing that links them all, uh, Pruitt, Perry, and Zinke, is that they have expressed this skepticism about the fundamental science, on, you know, really that grounds climate change. And and at this point, given the depth uh, and the volume uh, and the persuasiveness of the scientific record, uh, suggesting that the science isn't settled is just unacceptable for this kind of level of appointment to lead the government agencies most responsible for implementing science-based decision-making and regulation. So I think that's the real problem is the fact that, you know, Zinke has said uh, it's maybe not a hoax, but it's not proven science either. You know, Perry has said it's not settled. Pruitt has said things uh, similarly along those same lines. And the notion that these guys are going to be running agencies that um, really need to make sound legal judgments based on the best science available, I think that's alarming to, to many people. 
We are joined by uh, Wharton's Eric Ortz and Jody Freeman of Harvard. Your comments are welcome on these potential appointments. The number to give us a call if you'd like to ask a question or give a comment is 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get your phone, you can just send a question via Twitter, either at bizradio111, B-I-Z radio111, or my Twitter account, which is at danloney21. Uh, the Rick Perry nomination is one that's obviously catching a lot of attention, uh, partly because of what has become a rather famous piece of video uh, from the 2012 uh, presidential debates. We dug this up, so we might as well play it. It's three agencies of government when I get there that are gone. Commerce, education, and the, um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. <laughs> you need five. Oh, five. Yeah, okay. So five. commerce, education, and uh, the... Um, uh, uh, EPA? EPA. There you go. No, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk deposition. Seriously? Um, Is EPA no, the one you were talking about? Or? No, sir. No, sir. We were talking about the... Um, agencies of government. EPA needs to be rebuilt. But There's you no can't, doubt about that. But you that. can't name the third one. The third agency of government. Yeah. I would. I would do away with the education, uh, the uh, <laughs> commerce, and let's see. I can't. The third one. I can't. Yeah, Sorry. I guess I just remember. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, and obviously the the best part of that uh, for people that that follow these things was the last comment uh, was the fact that he said "oops" at, at the <laughs> right. end. A gentleman that was you know running for president uh, said "oops." And I guess he remembered which one it is at this well, point. <laughs> well, I, I would hope that he would. I mean, that's that's one of those clips, Jody. That no matter which side of the political aisle you fall on, I think pretty much everybody had to be laughing when when that clip yeah. came out. I, I almost feel bad for the guy. I mean, it's one of those terrible moments. Um, but I think the sentiment was clear, uh, even if he couldn't name the agency. And, and I think what was revealed in his presidential run was a sort of deep anti-regulation agenda. And as Texas governor, you know, he sounded the same themes, anti-regulation, uh, uh, the, the sort of argument that the government is always overreaching, the federal government is always overreaching, and and uh, very supportive uh, of fossil fuels, Rick Perry's record. Now, what's interesting about this appointment, um, and I wonder if Eric agrees with this, is he's been named to a, a head an agency that isn't really a regulatory agency particularly. In other words, it's not like the Environmental Protection Agency that issues pollution regulations or climate-related regulations. It's, the Department of Energy essentially works on anti-proliferation. That's actually most of its budget. It invests in science and innovation at uh, the crown uh, jewels of our national labs, um, which makes you worry about uh, Rick Perry's commitment to science. Mm -hmm. And the agency invests uh, billions of dollars in R&D in a variety of energy technologies. So he's really not uh, set up to be a regulator. And the question is, how will he administer an agency that's really about funding energy research? Yeah, um, I, I, I pretty much agree with everything that Jody said about that. I think uh, what many uh, secretaries who come in at energy are, uh, say is that they didn't really know what the job was really going to be about. And right. it's about administering a very large uh, um, agency that includes, as as, as Jody indicated, um, uh, nuclear uh, nuclear capacity, uh, developing new technologies with respect to um, nuclear um, applications in the military, et cetera. So, I think in that respect, I suppose I would um, 
think that Perry will be able to do the job. So he'll be competent. He's a governor. He should be able. He ran. He ran the state of Texas. He could probably run the Department of Energy. I think the concern on the climate side is that. Energy has been an area, also as um, as Jody indicated, uh, where you have research commitments that are being made, and there have been a lot of research commitments uh, made to climate alternatives and and new energy technologies and those yeah. uh, the the next generation energy sources that one has, and it's clear that he's going to. It's clear that the agenda is to cut that back, and I think that we can anticipate that that will be. That that would be cut back. I guess one one general point I'd I'd indicate is why we're is the effectiveness of why we're talking about this issue in yeah. terms of what the next step would be. And one question I would have is, uh, are there are are there any is there anyone on this list who you actually could probably target in the sense of during the hearings getting enough votes to deny them a nomination? And the one I would pick out of this group uh, is probably Pruitt. Uh, right. he, this is someone who is going to has been nominated to be administrator of the EPA, and his whole career has been run on against EPA. He's been suing EPA. He's been refusing to follow uh, legitimate regulations that EPA EPA uh, puts forward. And the idea that someone who has that record would be in charge of EPA, it's, it strikes me that there's an argument you can make that he is not he is not qualified to faithfully execute the laws, which is what. Uh, which is what the executive is supposed to do. So um, that, that's at least my current take on some of these uh, some of these appointments. Eight four four Wharton is the number to give us a call. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Or if you can't get your phone, send a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio one eleven or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney twenty one. Jody, you wanted to add something in. Yeah, I was just going to jump in to say the other troubling uh, thing that has happened recently was this uh, the story circulating. Uh, confirming that the transition team for President-elect Trump actually uh, demanded the names of the people at the Department of Energy who had worked on climate science. And this is a very unusual and very ominous kind of request. And my understanding is DOE very clearly and quickly said, no, we don't supply names and affiliations and meetings that our uh, climate uh, scientists uh, went to. Um, or people working on research at the agency went to, rather. I mean, that, that kind of thing is really the stuff of authoritarian regimes. So um, coming into office and doing that kind of thing really raises people's level of worry and concern about how the government, once, once uh, the Trump administration is in charge, how the government is going to treat science and scientists. Uh, again, 844-WHARTON is the number to give us a call, 844-942-7866. Let's go to the phones uh, in Michigan. Les is on the line. Les, go ahead. With the exception of state, defense, justice, and treasury, all the other cabinet uh, posts need good administrators. They don't need somebody who knows minute details of the uh, whole of what the whole department does, they need more. They need uh, administrators, and you know, let's take Mr. Pruitt for example with EPA. I drive a truck for a living, and EPA has attacked the trucking industry, uh, wanting us to get better fuel mileage. But they want it on such a fast timetable that the that the uh, technology doesn't have all the bugs worked out of it. So yeah, the air is better. And there's nothing wrong with that, with great air. But meanwhile, I'm stuck with $40,000 $40, a year of repairs of that technology that was not proven. 
All right, uh, Eric, you want to respond well, to that? Yeah, well, I think that uh, I think that the caller indicates uh, one of the major uh, uh, one of the major arguments in the campaign, which is you want to try to roll back regulations, and there's a feeling, um, and the trucking industry is one uh, target of this that in order to try to bring down the total greenhouse gas emissions and as well as have some other benefits uh, to force uh, fuel efficiency standards, and that has been happening. It's, it, it causes pain, as the caller is indicating, and it's going down, and that's one of the reasons why you have uh, support for, uh, for Trump being elected. I, I agree with the caller also that you need to have good administrators for uh, these various agencies, and so one of the things that you should evaluate is whether that's whether they're able to be doing that. It's clear that uh, all of these candidates are going to follow an agenda of trying to uh, be deregulate deregulatory, sure. and so we have a repeat of maybe what we saw in the Reagan period. Uh, my question, though, my concern is not that that isn't a legitimate political position to take, but that you still have to do it in the right way. And this is an issue that uh, I think Jody Jody, and her um, comment about the treatment of, of bureaucrats raises. You have to do it according to the law, right? right? You have to follow the law. And so when we have some candidates who really look like they're not going to follow the law in that process, then that's where I think there are some current concerns raised. Jody? Yeah, I, I, the caller's comment is, is really important because it raises this this uh, tension that we have, which is um, in order to achieve the kind of air and water uh, pollution control that we want, we, you know, people don't want to be poisoned. Uh, they want their kids to be healthy uh, and to address serious risks that over time are going to be very severe and from climate change and, and may not feel immediate right now, but will be very serious once they start manifesting um, uh, you have to do something, and you have to do something because the law requires you to do something, Clean Air Act, Clean Water Act, et cetera. And then the question is, how do you do it in a way that allows for economic growth and limits the pain on folks like our caller? And and that's the challenge, and that's the balance that these agencies have to address. And, you know, this question of reasonable regulation, that, that that's the real challenge for any administration. I think the trouble is that the rhetoric from the Trump folks and from these appointees has been constantly and consistently anti-environmental protection, constantly and consistently that the federal government never can do anything right and is overreaching, constantly and consistently anti the scientific foundation of why we even need to regulate in the first place. And so it's, it's hard to be optimistic about them striking the balance in the right place. Uh, Les, thanks very much for the call. Again, the number to join us is 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or again, if you can't get to your phone, you can send us a comment via Twitter, uh, either at BizRadio, B-I-Z Radio 111, or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Actually, one of the interesting things that uh, I, I keep my Twitter account open uh, during the show, uh, the the letter actually nominating Ryan Zinke as Secretary of the Interior, Jody, actually came out while we have been having this discussion so that was you know a rumored one but mm -hmm. uh, but now an official one in, in terms of uh, as you mentioned he is an interesting candidate from the perspective of uh, here's somebody that obviously has lived a majority of his life in the state of Montana and mm -hmm. and seemingly would be very concerned about the environment and, and a lot of issues that would be going on with the United States. Yet, I guess, like a lot of candidates, uh, this is not all a, a positive uh, a positive nomination, correct? Well, one well, of the... I, I, oh, go ahead, Jody. Go ahead. 
No, Eric's my good friend. I want him to talk first. <laughs> well, thanks. You're my good friend, too. Um, the, uh, I would say that um, he's a little less disturbing to me than, than, than as, I, as I indicated, a couple of the other appointment, uh, appointees. Um, he, has, he, has a, he is on record as saying that he thought that the Republican Party should go back to its, quote, unquote, conservationist roots. He's a hunter and a fisher and an angler, and uh, and I think is a, has a love of the land. It's also true that he is going to follow a uh, open. He's going to follow a development policy on federal lands, and so yeah. there's going to be conflict between the Department of Interior, and that's one of the big jobs of the Department of Interior. It's not just national. It's it's um, administering the uh, the policies regarding uh, the lands that the, that the government owns in the West, and that includes mining leases, oil yeah. leases. Etc. And he is very pro development. Uh, he's uh, he's also fits the profile of uh, having military background, which is another that's kind of another topic. But the number of former military that are coming into the Trump administration also is cause for some current for some of us who are worried about a potential authoritarian turn of the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. He was a Navy SEAL commander for. For his uh, for his career, I think he's going to be an easy confirmation, partly because he's coming from Congress, et cetera. Um, but that's uh, that's that's uh, I think it is uh, interesting news that he's uh, has been he's been formally appointed. Jody, or this is one of these uh, other examples of you know the head fake uh, that makes you now feel happier than you might have otherwise, in the sense that. Uh, other people being discussed for this post uh, were rumored to be folks who favored privatizing public lands. And so this idea that there would be a sell-off of federal lands was alarming to many people who want to protect um, the public lands for the uh, for the nation's uh, future. And um, so Zinke has not been on record saying that he wants to sell public lands. And as Eric said, he he seems to appreciate um, their value uh, for people to use them for recreation and to leave them wild to some extent. Um, and he is a traditional appointment in the sense that he comes from the West, uh, because so much of the federal lands are owned in the West. But it's true that I think there's no question this administration will support a more aggressive policy of resource extraction on the public lands. But Zinke will have a tough job. Every Secretary of the Interior has a really tough job balancing all the tasks that are delegated to him or her from a variety of uh, resource protection laws. So he's got to run the National Park Service, the Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management. He's got a whole variety of departments and bureaus under him uh, to administer. And he also has to run the uh, Fish and Wildlife Service, which protects endangered species. Uh, and so there's sometimes a tension between these bureaus, and um, he'll have a very tough job ahead of him as, if he uh, winds up being confirmed. One of the other interesting stories, and again, we're joined by Eric Ortz of the Wharton School and Jody Freeman of Harvard Law uh, about uh, the nominations that uh, President-elect Trump has put forward. People like uh, Rick Perry for Energy, Ryan Zinke for Interior, Scott Pruitt for EPA. Uh, one of the interesting things, the story which uh, popped up in, in the last few days that I wanted to, to bring up to you, uh, Eric, is this move by a lot of people within the scientific community who are concerned about the path of where a Trump presidency may go on climate change to basically store away volumes of data that have been brought forth in the last few years on climate change. Uh, It it is, uh, from the articles that I read, there is a a significant concern by a lot of people that this is data that may vanish in in the next Mm -hmm. couple of years. 
Yeah, well, actually, the University of Pennsylvania and some par- uh, some colleagues here are involved in that, and I think the concern is a is a valid one, and their involvement, I think, is uh, legitimate. And that is that uh, there has been a track record of people who are well. If you just take the, the the people who deny that climate science is existing, and you start to look at why is that, right. usually it comes down to a economic interest uh, that that and and. and that indicates that they might not be doing it and they might be doing it in good faith, but they're really there are other reasons why they're denying this. They're not taking an objective view. Because as as Jody said at the top of our discussion, there's really no there's really very little doubt. Of, there, there's no doubt that at all that this is a major risk to the planet. There's right. no doubt at all that we have increasingly have have uh, been hitting records in terms of global warming. There's no doubt the the sea levels are rising. You know, there's there's just increasingly the science is coming. In. So when you have a administration like this one that's saying the science is wrong, then you're concerned that there will be a destruction of data or a destruction of the basic knowledge base. And so the University of Pennsylvania has been involved. I think the University of Toronto yep. has been involved in yep. basically saying, well, we're going to not let that happen. So if there's data that's legitimately has been created through all the scientific efforts of and the and taxpayer money, et cetera, we're going to make sure that we can try to preserve that data so that you can have that for future research and the development of knowledge of how you of what we know about climate uh, climate change and, and and climate science going forward. So it is a very interesting development, but I think it also shows that scientists are very concerned. And uh, Jody also mentioned the idea that you would target, uh, civil servants coming in and say, did yeah. you guys go to a climate uh, yeah. conference or not? We yeah. want a list. Uh, that's their job, right? Yeah. <laughs> their job is they're being told by somebody, right, to go well, and go to a conference, develop the science. And so the idea you're going to target people based on the fact that they're doing their work and going to conferences to and, and study something is is, 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 somewhat, is is pretty scary. And, and apparently people at NASA, which obviously NASA isn't the organization that we grew up on and mm-hmm. you know, sending shuttles and, and rockets into space like it was, and the work that they've been doing lately, and to basically tell NASA – to don't worry about that. Worry about putting rockets into space. You know that's that's a little bit of a well, of that attack. Will, that and you... that will be another issue because some of the best science uh, that has been moving this uh, this whole issue forward, our understanding of it forward, has yeah. been coming from organizations like NASA. And there will be, a, 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 I'm pretty sure, uh, an attempt. And I don't think we have uh, heard about what what the exact plans are for NASA. But my guess is that they'll follow the same template of yeah. trying to roll back the uh, commitment to science in Jody, this area. Jody, what was your reaction when you started to hear the, these reports about what's going on here at Penn and in University of Toronto yeah. and trying to save all this data? I, I don't fault the scientists at all for being concerned. I mean, uh, if you spent your life working on this kind of research and you were listening to the rhetoric of the Trump uh, incoming administration, you know, I think it's justifiable to be concerned and want to preserve your data. But I think really what I'm more worried about at the moment is going forward and looking at the kind of funding that the major research agencies uh, are going to be providing uh, to universities and research centers and even to federal labs to do this work. I think there's some significant risk that the Republican Congress is going to defund uh, some of these agencies or significantly cut back or redirect funding away from this kind of basic research on the trajectory of uh, uh, climate change and climate science. And that would be um, really disturbing uh, to see that the funding that we've seen coming into the best universities and the best research uh, gets cut back. And I, I think that's what we should be looking for is sort of these attempts to cut budgets, um, 
redirect funding. And we have to wait and see on that. We'll see what the Trump administration proposes as a budget for agencies like NOAA and NASA and the NSF, and then see what the Congress does um, in response to the president's proposed budget. I think the question is, uh, will universities push back? Uh, Will uh, the private sector step up uh, in order to make sure that there isn't a dramatic loss of support for this kind of work? Well, I, I entirely agree with Jody there. I, I think, in fact, we can just assume that there is going to be major, there are going to be major cuts. The Republicans control Congress, and you have Trump coming in with an anti-climate uh, approach. So the um, the response is, I think that a lot of the private sector can step up. And so uh, I don't know, Jody. I heard Harvard University has a lot of extra cash that they can put into climate <laughs> research. And in fact, I think they. Lo- I saw an article. You're looking at that, but Penn, the other, you know, other. Uh, that's a way to step up. So if you're private citizens and you're you're concerned about this, like look at how are how are you going to able to how, how we still live in a world where there are private universities conducting this research, and un- unfortunately, it won't be government supported. So you're going to have to find some sources of funding somewhere else. That endowment from Harvard obviously is. Re- rebounded well since the recession, right, Jody? Yes, and I'm sure there are many takers for, for any additional <laughs> funding. I, I, all, all kidding aside, you know, the, the idea that we're sitting here uh, on the verge of 2017 talking about um, how the private sector needs to step up and replace government support for foundational basic science, uh, the idea that America isn't going to be the world leader in researching the new science and technology for the next century, um, that is a very disappointing idea, if that turns out to be true, that we will not be considered the leader of the world. Uh, we, we have Nobel laureate after Nobel laureate in this country doing leading, cutting-edge work on uh, climate science and many other uh you know, related areas. We're developing uh, the best, most important technology for our security uh, and our defense. And the notion that what we might face is a dramatic cut of fundamental support for that is, I think, very worrying to a lot of people. Jody, thank you very much for giving us your time today. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Eric, great to see you again. Happy holidays to Good you. Good to see you, too. Thank you. Eric Ortz from the Wharton School, Jody Freeman from Harvard University, joining us uh, to discuss this. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.